mind when in fact we're talking about a human experience here, guys. <laughs> yes, so um, <clears throat> we're all on that spiritual journey. Yeah. And that uh, the problem with it is, is that it's not a journey and we don't even know how a good definition of spiritual anyway. Yeah. <laughs> An interesting problem with the spiritual journey, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is. It is. Um, it's also interesting to understand that, that spirit also has to do with air and, and breathing. Mm. Um, and it's built right into the language in the sense of expire. Mm -hmm. He expired. What does that mean? The spirit left him. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? He stopped breathing. Mm -hmm. Or he has breathed out his last. Mm -hmm. No new in-breath. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a very interesting point about that. That, uh, that that's originally uh, where that came from. And there's other evidence. The um, One of the mistakes that I was making for a long time until one of my really good friends over at Watso and Milk, who is uh, more skilled in this kind of stuff than I, he said that it's not the word Atom or Adam that is Adam and Eve and also Adam, the, uh, the indestructible or in... Uh, thing that came out of Greece yeah. at the time of uh, about the time of the Buddha then in fact that almost proves it and besides it's not the word uh, A-T-O-M it's A-T-M-O that, that is the mistake and that in fact the word that we have that comes to us as anatta uh is or atom is actually the atmos and that we actually use that word atmosphere mm. what is the atmosphere the sphere is the circle of or uh that so the uh circle of what the atmos which is life-giving mm. okay and so that's and uh uh uh, Mahatma uh, Gandhi, which yeah. is the great the great soul, or actually no, this is the utmost that that is in his name. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it, I was thinking that 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 was what it would go ahead. It, well, it puts a much more uh, lends a kind of understanding to the word Atman that makes it much more in line with Anatman. Right. It, it sort of it, Precisely. It, it expands the idea of that individual soul to be like the sphere, the whole, the, the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. mm. And so they see they see that as the greater self mm. and that that greater self, then, as we join it, as you've talked, as we've talked about at one or uh, uh, being at one with nature. Is, is that now we're, we're becoming part of the bigger self and losing the little self in the process. Mm. And the Buddha is pointing out that no, not even in the atmosphere is there any self. 
mm-hmm. that there is no place in any Dhamma where there is anatta. That's why it's stated Sabe Sankara Anicca. Sabe Sankara Anatta. Mm-hmm. But San, uh, an, Anicca Dukkha, brother. Sabe Sankara Dukkha and then Sabe Dhamma Anatta. That's an important change. That there's no self anywhere. Mm-hmm. Anything that you can call a god is a god, with one exception, and that is is that he doesn't have a personality. That the personality is optional, and that the individual human will will create that personality in their own mind, and then project it upon God, which has no personality, rather more of a blank screen. Mm. But what a magnificent blank screen <laughs> reality is. <laughs> but then all we see is our own projections of it. Mm. Until we stop doing that and start taking in the reality as it is to recognize it doesn't care about me because it's not concerned with any individual thing. It's got the whole show to manage. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the stage manager does not want to know about the um, the boyfriend problems that the dancer in the second row has got. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so in that regard, it's not that we don't have a personality, it's just that I'm the only one that cares about my personality. <laughs> mm. it's, it's, it's like the, the personality is... Uh... To layer on a level which obscures something much bigger, potentially, right? Mm-hmm. Like if that's all that we can see and that's all that we're thinking about and focusing on, it obscures everything else. Whereas if we can open up into everything else, then the personality gains its kind of like proper scale and place. I.e., it's just one small but happens to be very close, <laughs> intimate part of reality for us. Right. Well, let us say it's at least proximate. We can give yes. it proximity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, because so. distance is is an issue. Distance is time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this thing that has no personality of its own, when we begin to understand that, oh, wait a minute, not only is the God that I have created in my mind, if I believe in a God, or if even if I don't, I'm still creating an image of non-belief, et cetera, like that. Then when I recognize that that's what I'm doing, then I can see, well, wait a minute, I'm not just doing that with nature. I'm doing that with my own self. Mm. That I'm trying to give myself a personality. Mm. Where in fact, there is really no fixed personality that we change. Mm -hmm. Uh, That uh, sometimes some people are hard to figure out Mm -hmm. because they keep changing. The other thing can be said about women that men just can't figure them out Mm. (laughs) and that um, the 
then we begin to understand that it's only because it's our projections. And when we stop doing that projection, is that when we can get a load of what reality really is. Mm. And that's, <laughs> as we could say, mind-blowing. Mm. And then, and then it's about trying to, to like integrate that 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 view, right, into as much of daily life, or to kind of play with making it as as widely available, as deeply available in as many situations, and just to live from there. Right, and to and to uh, make sure that we keep in that level of appreciation. Mm. I just it really is nice. I mm. cannot believe that it feels really good. This good is mm. the kind of attitude that we take on mm. that I really can't handle it. Mm. That I've been afraid for all these years for why? Mm. So is that that appreciation aspect's really interesting because if we if we solidify that that view, that perception, into something solid then we don't appreciate it anymore because it's not new and we've made a thing of it right we've mm -hmm. like decided that's a thing whereas actually if we're continuously like not treat not letting it become a fixed thing but letting it become a way of seeing that constantly makes everything new and wonderful then there's that danger isn't there and we we the mm -hmm. appreciation is built into the that mode of seeing minute by minute. Exactly right. I, uh, <clears throat> I've recently been playing with various levels and layers of the way that we approach the world, kind of a world view. Mm -hmm. uh, and starting at the baseline or the bottom is, is that everything is dangerous and we can see that kind of as a hot war not just between nations, but between our competitiveness with others and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we can go to a level of, say, a Cold War. Mm -hmm. But it's still a war. It's still sneaky. Mm -hmm. uh, we're still devious. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're not outright <clears throat> uh, audacious in our attacks. And then we come to a level of toleration. This is where a lot of people talk about uh, is, is the, the spiritual goal of learning to tolerate others. Mm -hmm. And then the next level above that would be acceptance. Mm -hmm. We actually accept things because toleration is always begrudging and ready to go back into Cold War and right into Hot War anyway. Yeah. Tolerance is really, really uh, fragile. Mm. But acceptance is a little stronger. Mm. But the Buddha is talking about something that's even higher than that. And the place that he starts with it is the, is the point about friendship. Mm. Okay, to become friends. So you can see that hot war, cold war, tolerance, uh, acceptance. Now we can come up to friendship. Mm. Okay, friendship then is, uh, according to one of the suttas, in fact, the name of the sutta is the half sutta. Mm -hmm. And I really like this sutta because that's where the Buddha says, oh no, Ananda, uh, the uh, friendship is not half. It's the whole Dhamma. And mm -hmm. in a way it is. 
it, it takes a while to describe people why that's true, but that's the only thing that the, that, uh, that the Buddha teaches. Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda basically means to really see Dukkha well enough to, so that you can make friends with it. Mm. Mm. Okay, so that we can make friends with other people, mm. that we don't have to be in competition. That this is one of the things that I see within the, the Buddhist community in the West is we still have that business model and business idea and therefore they still remain competitive with each other rather than dropping all of those and become a brotherhood. That mm -hmm. we need to have it all become a brotherhood, but this is because we can all be friends with each other, even though we recognize that we teach different things to different students. Mm -hmm. But I remember having a lot of different teachers along the way, and I appreciate each one of them. And I can't say that one was better than the other for what I needed to learn at that time. And I assume that that's still true, which means students are not going to get everything from me. I mm -hmm. hope not. I hope they have a wider uh, experience model than mm -hmm. just one or two, two teachers. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, though, isn't it? Because that is... I think that there are, I think you're right that the kind of competitive and potentially capitalistic paradigm doesn't want that to be the case. It'll, it, mm -hmm. it lends itself. But then there's, that's also been a, a feature of spiritual traditions that don't necessarily come from a capitalistic paradigm. Like that, that can creep in, that desire for a, a kind of spiritual teaching to be so completely authoritative and whole and complete that it, it's quite close to outside um, influences. I think that can arise even outside of the kind of capitalistic setting. Let me ask you this. Mm. Let's use the example of a bar of gold. Mm. Now let's take that bar of gold and let's throw it right into the, not just the mud puddle, but right into the pig pen. Mm -hmm. Let the pigs trample on it for a while. Mm. Okay. Do you want that bar of gold or not? Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it still has value to people. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. So that what that means is is that you get retreat center. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say? I'll sell the bar of gold and set up a, uh, a free retreat, retreat center. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Ah, well, um, the, the thing about it is then that something that's so valuable like gold, mm -hmm. that is really, really solid. It doesn't mix with other things. It's kind of noble in that way. Uh, you can throw it in the mud and it doesn't get affected by it. Mm. Therefore, the truth should be that way. The truth should be able to mix and mingle out there mm. in the world without getting sullied again. Mm. This is what Jesus t was talking about, being in the world, but not of the world, that we, that we live in the world. We can't seclude ourselves forever, but let's get tough. <laughs> let's get purified. Mm. Uh, like gold, so that when we go out into the world, we are not affected by it. 
that's interesting and that's a bit like what we were speaking about at the beginning about like those um how the kind of cycles of having to kind of like learn and integrate the dharma you know the, the dharma and the insight on kind of lots of levels of our being uh-huh. we maybe you get you know we get comfortable with it in this sphere of our being but then when we kind of go into this sphere of our being somehow we lose it and we revert mm-hmm. to a much more basic mode of being and actually it's about kind of like no bring it like let's bring the dharma here let's bring it into this relationship let's bring it into this sphere of activity let's let's have as full a life as possible with this integrated in every aspect exactly right where any wherever we feel stress that's when uh, we are most likely to revert back to our worst nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend one time tell me something that was really true. It stuck with me and it taught me a lesson. Mm-hmm. When she says, that kid, <laughs> that kid brings out your worst nature. <laughs> and I learned something from that. Mm. But first off, I did let my worst nature out, and I did it in particular ways, and that some people would bring that out. Mm. But that's good to know that. Mm. And so I was able to learn from it. But um, what we're talking about here is back to, we've talked about Murphy's Law before. Right? This is it that, that uh, we need sati at the time when we're going to be tested the most, when we're under the most stress, mm-hmm. when we're around somebody that is about to bring the worst out of us. Mm-hmm. That's when we need to be on guard and not have any worst in there to bring up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's interesting as well. Sometimes it's not always necessarily the worst situations either. It's just like... An- Uh, well, your worst is a whole lot worse than mine. <laughs> well, in the sense that, like, yeah, the worst, the worst is, I mean, I'll be, I'll be speci- uh, a bit more specific. So, like, for example, and, and this might, the content of this might then mean that I don't, that you deem this content too personal for the YouTube channel. But um, that's fine. Um coming into like so you know i separated from my partner two and a half years ago i've recently that's a common thing that's a common thing yeah um i've in the last couple of months started a new relationship that's Um, a common thing that's a common thing but it's not um do you know what it's actually amazing she (laughs) she did a retreat at Watsuan Moak when she was 17, about 15 years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. And we, had, we didn't meet. Well, any excuse for a new relationship will do, and when you can find those kinds of interesting uh, synchronistic connections, you... <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. But, I, but it's, it's interesting, because I don't... Yeah. I don't really want a relationship in the kind of conventional sense of what 
male female romantic relationships are supposed to involve i feel very disillusioned with the sense of like ownership mm. yeah i feel very disillusioned with the sense of like ownership and control that those relationships generally tend to uh have built into them um and i'm also sort of very aware of the fact that like i you know i i i work as my work as a teacher my my young children like i don't really yeah life is complicated i know yeah. i know but in the sense that like i don't i don't want the last time I, I went into relationship was like was like 15 years ago when I got with my person who became my wife. And that was like you throw in this sort of immature, unboundaried way. You want your life, you, you throw it wide open to that person. So what, what I'm trying to say is that actually what I'm looking for in a relationship is, is so incredibly different from that. Like I essentially want a a friendship like a loving friendship <laughs> but that is kind of open to um intimacy and sexuality and th that sort of seems to be like what's emerging in this relationship but what's been interesting is that like even kind of opening myself up to this like whole levels of sort of stress and insecurity that have essentially been dormant for a couple of years suddenly come to the fore again and it's been very interesting trying to then sort of come into this this way of being and this sort of relationship and I, I literally haven't started a relationship like this since I was in my early 20s and was a completely different human being so then you that happens again and those old modes of being kind of get kick-started and then I'm seeing those old selves get kick-started and I'm going no that's that's not <laughs> that's not uh it's just sort of seeing it and letting it go, seeing it and letting it go, seeing it and letting it go. But it's like a, it coming from quite a deep level that's been quite dormant for a long time. Yes, right, <clears throat> exactly. That's that's the sankara that the Buddha talks about, mm. and you can see that in fact you you were uh, bringing it up and grabbing a hold of it and shaking it really hard and and dragging it around the room for a while. And then the next time it came up, you do the same thing over and over again. And so now <clears throat> you recognize what a uh, an interesting habit system that you had formed. Mm -hmm. And so now it's time that every time you recognize that that uh, process is getting started again, how soon can you catch it mm -hmm. so that you can put a stop to it? Mm -hmm. And eventually you get the idea that, hey, I can put a stop to that stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, that's certainly not, uh, uh, let us say, it's, it's an amazing milestone. It's, act, it's actually noble, that, that position of, I can put a stop to that stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. But that's not the reflective on, you know, 
Gosh, it's been four or five years since I've even had to try to put a stop to that stuff. It's just not been there. Now, that's a different point of view, is to reflect back and say, you know, things have been really nice for a long time. But that doesn't happen until we get through that with the determination, I'm going to put a stop to that stuff. So that when it comes up, I'm going to stop it. This is what we would then call the determination. Mm. Now, it's not devotion. It's it's uh, not dedication, mm. because that's bringing a self into it as if you were dedicating or devoted to something. Mm. But rather, this is a from. We're, we're um, you know, in fact, we talk about it in the sense of freedom. We have the freedom to mm. and when we have the freedom from mm. the kid wants the keys to the car from his dad so he can have the freedom to go out. Mm. But we're sitting here older now with the freedom uh, from having to go out. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's the real freedom, the freedom Mm. from. Okay, so this is where we're we're looking at it is, is that this is the purification process is to keep throwing that stuff out and we're become free from it. And eventually we recognize that, oh, I haven't even had those kind of thoughts. But you you put yourself back into the position now with all those anchors. And now all of those old feelings and thought are coming rushing back in with the brand new old circumstances. So the now the circumstances are the same. So are all of those old feelings going to be the same when they're coming up? Your job is to be on guard. Yes, but it feels like this is this is what like integration is, right? It's like life opening up, but instead of falling into kind of old traps, you're kind of approaching that this sphere of being from a different perspective saying i'm not going to fall into those traps i'm going to 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 be in this sphere in the same way that i can be in this sphere in the same way that i can like sit in peace i'm going to like be in relationship in peace and friendship and you know kind of honesty and a that thing of like not holding on right it's like but it's 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 interesting. I wonder, like, am I trying to like have my cake and eat it a little bit? And maybe that's not a problem. Yeah, well, you can do that. You can nibble on it slowly over time until it eventually gets stale, and then you don't even want the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's a combination of both and neither. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's again, uh, the idea that the gold can go out into uh, the pig pen. Mm. And... um, Pick himself up, clean himself off, walk out again. Mm. But then, isn't that like the like ultimately? It's the the fact that actually the gold and the mud—they're just kind of like 
perception that just like ways of seeing something right and it can all be it can all be the gold like if we're you know a, a clump of mud in your hand is actually as interesting in its way and lovely as a ah, now you're raising up to the next level Remember going back to the hot war, the cold war, the toleration, the acceptance, and then the friendship? Now there's a new level. The level above that, I'm going to introduce you to a new Latin phrase, mm -hmm. amor fate. Amor. You know, like, uh, do you know any Italian? Yeah, 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 love. Okay. So amore... What's the second word? Fati, F-A-T-I, and it means fate. 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 Oh, fate, okay. Okay, and we think of it as the fate of just what's happening in this moment and the immediate next moment, just what's, where this is going. Mm. That's what fate is. It's not destiny in the sense that it's way off into the future known or providence or pre preordained or anything like that, but it's whether just fate. Mm -hmm. And we can also use it in the sense of, we use the word um, happenstance, or things just happen, mm -hmm. it's a happening, but we get from that word, uh, happy. Mm -hmm. What that means is, whatever's happening, we're good with it, we're, we're happy. We're, uh, well, the word um, amore fati has that same quality. Mm. to be in love with what's going on that's at the level to where the mud and the gold are about all the same anyway mm. and that's when we're that's when you would then use it in the sense of ultimately accepting the way that you would accept a lover mm. really really glad to see things coming the way that they are mm enjoying the fact that you can enjoy mm. and so that's at the highest level so in, within buddhism we start at that level of friendship because that's a very very high standard mm. much much more likely for people than in other religions to be all the way down into hot war hot war Mm -hmm. They say, in fact, that most uh, wars that have ever happened have been uh, with great involvement or the actual cause was religion. Mm -hmm. Generally, no, religion was just an excuse. There was gold in there someplace. Yeah. <laughs> gold and name and fame and empire building and competition. And the religions get blamed for it. But why not? I mean, they try to make everything magical anyway, so they might as well get the blame for it. Mm. <laughs> but when everything goes well, who are we to blame? If everything is, is uh, all right, everything is fine, everything is marvelous, who's to blame for that? Mm. best we can come up with is fate mm. that's just that's just what is mm. and there's no need to actually add a personality to it and call it god or something 
And sometimes we can actually use the concept of God without even having a personality to it. But if we're going to come out of our own private little hell called our own personality, then it's better to give uh, that concept away to the universe also and let the universe be free of that kind of torment. <laughs> also. <laughs> and not, not try to blame the universe. Because the blame goes to a personality, a self. Mm. There's something to blame. There's, a, there's an arrow to point or shoot at. There's a target there someplace. Mm. But when everything is going well, there's nothing to blame. Mm. In fact, to, for things to really go well, take so many different things to fit in all at the same time that there's not one of them that's more important than another. Mm. It is like like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. And once the jigsaw puzzle together and you can see it with all of its <laughs> grand and glorious pieces of 500 pieces of jigsaw puzzle, which piece of it was the key? Mm-hmm. Which, which piece was it that um, you can blame all of this on? The answer is none of them. Mm-hmm. They all, every, <laughs> all right, so now we're getting to that level of being at love with fate, in love with the whole show. I had such a nice talk with my kids walking, walking with them yesterday in the rain. And they were really, my daughter's eight now, she can really, she gets really philosophical sometimes. And she was really getting this idea that like, um, she was talking about when she grows up and she wants and when she leaves home and like talking about the future in this way and we was, and we and we'd forgotten we sort of oriented it towards like yeah but every every minute is this new future like every minute is this glorious never before seen like moment and we just stopped and we just like looked and we just felt the rain and it was like this little little moment of like electrical like electric kind of joy like she really lit up she got it in that moment she was like yeah this this exact moment has never happened before it's beautiful it's glorious it's amazing (laughs) brand new and it's gone (sighs) like (laughs) (laughs) exactly let her keep that sense of awe yeah that's what we were talking about before with that sense of awe just (gasps) wow to think that, you know, time right now is the same time that it was 5,000 years ago. It's mm-hmm. always right now. Mm-hmm. Everything keeps happening right now, that there is no past and future. There's only bad memories, <laughs> old stories, mm-hmm. <laughs> evidence called museums, torture chambers even in those Mm. museums. But this present moment is just fine. Mm. Marvelously so. Mm. And so this is, these levels is actually another way of looking at the levels of separation. At at a hot war, everything is separated. Everything's Mm. in turmoil. At the at the level of Amor Fate, everything is now whole. Mm-hmm. This is the highest state of nurturing. 
where everything fits together. Mm -hmm. And when I use the, the example of the crossword puzzle, uh, not a crossword puzzle, sorry, the jigsaw puzzle of having 500 pieces, actually, there's not really that many pieces. <laughs> One piece, some lines. Right, but you can break it down from that one piece, the Duca Duca Naroda, into four constituent components and understand that things are really simple. Mm -hmm. We just need to say it over and over and over again and re uh, reestablish it and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad to hear that you reestablish that with your daughter out in the rain. That is really marvelous. Mm -hmm to reestablish that and to have her there with you so that she could get the experience. <laughs> Here we are. My, oh, my. Mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> sometimes she gets a it's funny. We cycle into school together and sometimes pretty much every morning when we get out, I look around and go, oh, my God, look, it's so it's beautiful. The sky's beautiful. And she now she I have to stop saying it because she Dad, you say that every morning. <laughs> so have you read new way because they get kind of like they uh yeah. tolerance or something or like a boredom I, with the way I you know you can you can trick her with that though yeah the next time that do you two go through that little sequence then you will respond yeah i keep saying that because i'm hoping that you'll figure it out haven't you figured it out yet yeah. <laughs> and if she says yes and i says okay then you tell me every morning yeah well maybe i'll maybe i'll tell her maybe i'll, I'll go out and act really bored and say oh it's such an ugly day such a horrible, horrible <laughs> day. see if she drops rolls <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting point is she going to stay on uh, she's going to stay on key or is she going to go into a sour note because you do that's interesting yeah. Hmm. yeah well that's really great and to think that all of this gets started with Anapanasati and it still goes back to Anapanasati, to remember, to keep remembering, to be here now. Mm -hmm. And the more we remember to be here now, the, ni the nicer now gets. Mm -hmm. The more nurturing, the more wonderful, and the less uh, savage it becomes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, Damarato. I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a bedroom now. <laughs> I'm repainting my son's bedroom. I'm about halfway through. As you can see. Oh, painting it blue. Yeah, it's so pleasing painting, like uh, painting a room. I've done a bit over the last year. Kind of repainted my flat, kind of room by room, and it's so it's so like. It, it's uh i do it like normally after sitting i'll do it for like an hour or two after sitting and it's just like this pleasing you know very pleasing physical activity to kind of okay let's talk about it for just a moment mm. uh the tibetans do sand drawings mm. the tibetans do tonkas Mm -hmm. 
the Zen, most specifically, there's an entire art system of um, um, paper and ink yeah. drawing with bamboo yeah. brushes, right? Highly beautiful. I've seen, in fact, uh, there's quite a lot of it over at What So and Moke done mm -hmm. by Emmanuel Sherman, the, the famous monk who was there. He died in 1962, and a lot of his artwork is still there as the basis of the spiritual theater at Watsu and Moke. But anyway, what I'm getting at is, is that art requires you to focus the mind at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because if you're, if you're writing a scribe, that's the same thing. And in fact, the, the whole idea of one who becomes a scribe means that now... He is actually doing a religious task of paying attention to what he is doing. And so, uh, congratulations. Painting a room has that exact same quality. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to what you're doing or you'll have to clean up your mess. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, it takes... How long it takes to paint a wall depends on how many mistakes you make that you need to get your tissue and and tidy and up do. and get rid of the spread, the extra mess you cause by tidying it up. And <laughs> exactly the case. Yeah. Exactly the case. So enjoy mindfulness of painting. It is an, a well honored um, uh, activity from yeah. ancient times. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, if you have five minutes, could we talk about open sangha for a minute, just to give you an right. um, update? There's actually not very much to update you on, <laughs> although we got the charity application in. I've got the charity application in, so that went off, I think, uh, a week ago or 10 days ago. Um, okay. And yeah, that's, that's a, a big bit of work done and you know, we'll see, fingers crossed, it gets through first time. And if it doesn't, it'll just take a little bit longer. But it's, it's not a pass or fail. It's basically a pass as long as and they will coach you through the making sure that you, you tick the boxes after your initial application. So okay. most most people spend 750 pounds on a lawyer to do it for them like we've tried to not do that and think uh, hopefully i you know it'll be fine first time round i've got I've, i'm you know quietly optimistic <laughs> um I'm, I'm sure that everything is going to work out fine yeah um and then that and that apparently takes 40 days <laughs> that's biblical doesn't it for 40 days and 40 nights and they'll give us um their answer Gosh, um, and in England it rains that much too, doesn't it? Oh no, here comes Noah. <laughs> it has rained quite a lot actually in the last week. <laughs> so, um, and then, and then actually, me, Noah, and Dan have just done a big. We we had a meeting like about two weeks ago where we decided to to restructure the website to make it clearer, simpler, basically more obvious that we do these things for for students and we do these things for teachers and like 
basically just to kind of like refine the structure and content to make it clearer. We've now given all of that to Willie and Willie is now um, on that. And then once he's done that, we're going to show the site basically to, I don't know, like half a dozen people who- Right, an ever-growing small uh, list of friends. Exactly, yes. who can say, and some of those friends may be the type of people who would look at it from a kind of like younger teacher perspective, maybe some people who would look at it from the perspective of someone who wants to meditate and wants to have a teacher. So I've got friends of mine who, uh, you know, they they want to get more into meditation than they're in it. It's, it's people for whom it would be a very appropriate place for them to kind of find a teacher basically. And I want to show it to them and get their experience and, you know, Noah wants to show it, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so we get like a kind of broad view of people who might come at the site from a, from those yeah, varieties. Call of it test marketing. Yeah, 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 we can call it that. And then we maybe do one more process of refining and then we really start to um, outreach to teachers. And then once we you know hopefully within a couple of weeks of that we can say right we've got enough now let's set a launch date for uh you know two weeks from now or whatever and let's think about actions we need to do between now and that launch date to make that launch date um impactful excellent yeah you guys so, have good good plan yeah yeah um, uh, noah is really good at that kind of stuff yeah He's, he's a good PR guy. Yeah. He's really good with web design. So we've got a team. We're, I'm yeah. sure that we'll make some impact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I, I'm, I'm really hopeful. I think it could be, I think there's an enormous appetite for people being told, actually, do you know what? You really you like you 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 want to get into this like you enjoy this like let's let's connect you with someone who can help you with this and it they're not trying to to make money out of you that they they want to help you wake up and you can practice generosity towards them because they need to live as well and they can practice generosity towards you because they want you to wake up because they get a kick out of teaching the dharma <laughs> yeah. and. And actually, I feel like create. I don't know. I feel. I feel really. I. I. I feel very optimistic that that it can really that this really have a positive impact on lots of people's. Absolutely, there's more than just a niche for this. Yeah, I feel like there's a gaping hole. Wait, you know, actually that. And sometimes you see, like, sometimes I'll see, like, these little snippets of, like, something on Reddit or something. And it's like, it's like people don't know that this is an option. They don't know no. that there are people who are extremely skilled at teaching the Dharma who want to teach them. And do you know what I mean? Like, they don't know that this is an option. Um, yeah, I think it's when the time is right. We'll have to introduce it to Reddit. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, there's people, they think that the only option is books, uh, stream entry, subreddit, and a Goenka retreat. Like, these are the three options they have to learn the Dhamma. And I'm not saying that any of those are necessarily bad or, or awful. And, you know, all of those things can be wonderful things within an appropriate context. But anyway, I, I feel good about it and hopeful. <laughs> Great. Yeah. All right, Matt, we will see you. Okay. Thank you, Damarati. Take care. Thank you so much for calling. I'm really enjoying our conversation. Go well, Damarati. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.